Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm an entrepreneur and business mentor bringing you fun and thought-provoking conversations around money, wellness, business, life, and personal development. This is the space where humor meets depth and no topic is off limits. Let's fuck shit up. Hello guys and welcome back to the Jesse Williams podcast. I'm so excited to be dropping the first episode of Spill the Tea. And if you guys don't follow me over on social media, you may have no idea what Spill the Tea is. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of context. We've decided to bring a monthly segment to the podcast episodes called Spill the Tea. And the intention for it was to have something where it's just more fun. It's light. You can have a laugh. It's not me being in the teacher archetype. I'm not being in mental mode. It's not always going to be about me, but it's not going to be normalizing toxic or unhealthy conversations. But still funny. Like we're going to play with a little bit of cooked humor. We're going to talk about, you know, day-to-day problems. And it really is just to have a laugh. What you can expect from Spill the Tea is we're going to be alternating between episodes where I'm spilling the tea and then you guys are spilling the tea. So what that's going to look like is as we continue to build our podcast community, we're going to be opening up the opportunity for you guys to ask me questions once a month. And the idea is they're not business-related questions. They're not money questions unless it's fucking juicy, like how much money I've got in my bank account. It's not how do I get a healthy money mindset? It's That's not the theme. It's nosy questions, intrusive questions, funny questions. And every second month, I'm going to flip the script and ask you guys the questions and you'll be able to answer anonymously, whether it's like us asking you to tell us your most embarrassing moment or whatever it is. And we're going to read them out and just have a bit of a laugh. So I'm very, very excited to be bringing these episodes with you. The next layer of that is... In order for these conversations uh, to feel light, funny, and conversational, I felt that I needed someone here with me. So it felt like it wouldn't work as a solo episode. So I've got my beautiful BM Madison here with me today. And occasionally you guys may see Nat, um, my EA with me. You may see Madison with me, but you'll see um, a member of my team where they're going to be coming on and doing Spill the Tea with me. um, And we're just going to have a little bit of fun with these episodes. So welcome, Madison. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Your first podcast. Well, I know. So excited. My cherry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Madison has the questions that you guys have asked. So she's going to be reading out some of the questions and I'm just going to be answering them. And um, the theme we've kind of, because because there was a lot of questions and we decided to stick and narrow down to a theme. So there were a lot of sex questions. So we're going to go into the realm of sex. There was a lot of like lifestyle slash money questions, kind of like intrusive financial questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was also a lot of questions about relationships and, and dating and things like that. So that's going to be the theme of today, lifestyle, sex and relationships. So all the questions are going to be in that realm. But without further ado, Madison, you may kick it off. Alrighty. So the first question we've got is, what is the most amount of money you've ever spent on a designer bag? This doesn't feel like super shocking to me, I guess, because what's normalized in my world and how much people can, you know, spend on a bag and stuff like that. It doesn't feel like a lot. I would say around 3,700. A lot of my bags have been around the $2,500 mark to like $3,035. But I think my most expensive bag that I own is a fluffy white Prada bag and that was about 3700 And it's so extra. And I love that it's not one that you'd use every day. It's not one you'd use every day. It's like very occasional. It like it has to match the outfit. Yeah. How much was the first bag that you bought that like you were actually like, oh fuck, that's a lot of money? Um, so the first bag that I ever bought was a Gucci bag, and I think that was 2250 And I bought that in 2020 when I had my first 30K month in my business. Mm. And at that time that didn't like, it was more exciting that it didn't like dysregulate me or anything like that. I was just like so excited. And like, um, I actually didn't tell anyone I was going to get the bag. I didn't post it on social media. I I, like no one knew about it other than Oscar. And it was very much for me to just like celebrate and anchor into my own milestone. But there's been bags that dysregulated me, not so much around the money. It's been because, oh, actually maybe I have an LV bag that was more than that. 
it could have been close to four. I'm not sure. But the bag that dysregulated me the most is, um, and again, if you guys follow me on social, you've probably seen me wearing it. It's like currently my, my day bag, but it's like an LV bag. And it's like kind of like, it's not made out of denim, but it looks like a black kind of denim look bag. And it was like a catwalk edition. So there were like not a lot of them made and stuff like that. And at the time where I saw it and I liked it, I didn't need a bag. And and a lot of the other designer bags I'd bought was like a milestone. So like my first $50,000 a month or a hundred K month or um, like celebrating something, whether it was financial or otherwise, it was like a lot of celebration stuff or I was in so much overflow and just like really in the energy of it. And I remember when I went and bought this bag, I didn't like, I was like, I don't need it. Like I've got enough bags now. Like I've got a day bag. I've got, you know, an evening wear bag. I've got an edgy bag. Like I was like, I've got my bags. Like I don't need I'm this good. one. I'm good. <laughs> and, and to drop another like, you know, three and a half or, or 4,000, whatever it was, I, it, it really, really stretched me. And I remember it took me like almost like three weeks to process it. Like I, I went in and I tried it on and I was like, nah, I'm going to leave it. And then I went back in and I tried it on and, and I left it again. And I went back in and a third time and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get the bag. And she's like, oh, we don't have it. And I was like, what do you mean? And then I I realized how much I wanted it because I was like, I haven't stopped thinking about this bag. Like I need to own it. And um, anyway, she tracked it down interstate and um, ordered it in in for me and I ended up getting it. But that was, that was the journey of the dysregulated bag purchase, which I now love and wear every day. I love it. That just reminds me of Oscar and the Crocs, you know, when you can't get them and then like you realize oh you want gosh, them after. Yeah, yeah. And then I didn't, I, I didn't end up getting them, but it was nearly the, the whole ordeal over again. It's like, you want what you can't have. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next question. And I don't even know the answer to this one. What is your Uber Eats bill for the month? <laughs> <laughs> so I saw this question. And I was like, I'm a bit scared. And I actually sent, um, I took a print screen of all my Uber and I sent it to my EA Natalie. And I was like, Natalie, calculate my Uber. <laughs> I don't want to fucking know. <laughs> calculate my Uber bill. I've been asked the question and I was fucking shocked. Like I wasn't shocked, but I was shocked. Um, so Oscar and I have calculated this in the past and I'm going to preface this, not that I need to justify my actions, but I am going to preface this by saying that Oscar and I spent a week in the Gold Coast within this month. So I've calculated it based off the last four weeks from today. And Oscar and I spent a week on the Gold Coast. And when we're in the Gold Coast, we didn't cook and we were doing a working holiday. So it wasn't like eating out a lot. It was very much like working from home, but from the Airbnb vibe. So we were ordering Uber Eats, breakfast, lunch, dinner, coffees. Like I think we had like maybe three, maybe three or four meals out in the week and everything else was ordered on Uber. So it is excessively high, but... (laughs) Let me pull up the number. Okay. So a total figure over 31 days is $2,218.99. Oh my, oh my gosh. So Nat worked it out. It's a daily average of $71.58. That's like double my normal monthly grocery grocery bill and that's not even all your meals that's not even that's not even my butcher that's not groceries <laughs> that's like which is funny but mind you collectively it's not all out of my account so it's my Oscar has an Uber account and I have an Uber account, but under my Uber account is Oscar's card and my card. So Mm. some things, if Oscar and I are getting dinner together, I'll just order on my account, but I'll pay with his card. So he has paid for some of that. I haven't paid for everything, but it is collectively what we've ordered. But then that doesn't include if Oscar was at work and Uber eats, he would use his account. So it's not just mine and Oscar. It's like a lot of me, but if Oscar and I are having dinner together together, it's us, but he's paid. And then it's also business as well. So anytime, um, if we were, you know, the other morning before a photo shoot, Nat and I got toaster sandwiches, Uber Eats to home and like, I'll pay for that. And then that's under my business card. So I've got like three cards linked to the one Uber account. So anytime it's like business, if we're at a photo shoot and we Uber coffees or like anything like that. But yeah, we have worked it out before. And I feel like the average was around $1,500 a month. So 2,200, I was like, okay, that's gone up. But yeah, I'm like a bit of an Uber whore, like to the point that nearly daily, like I would probably say five days a week, I will Uber a coffee to my house and it'll be like 1099. Cause it's like you pay the coffee and then you pay the delivery fee. And I'm like getting like an $11 coffee. And I do that pretty much every day, sometimes twice a day. And it's so funny if I get the same Uber driver twice, like he, he just, he's like, <laughs> it's kind of like, there's a little bit of his, yeah. 
Here's your copy. Do you want my number? And I'll just like, we can, you know, do this on the side. But yeah, it's a bit of a problem, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. I thought you were okay with it. So how many mornings a week do you reckon you'd order like breakfast and dinners and that sort of thing? So I reckon I would order breakfast off Uber Eats four days a week. Oh, three to four. Um, and then the other three to four, I will eat out every Sunday. Oscar and I, we actually eat out. And then I will either have a dynamic meal, which is like, you know, just like your typical frozen meals, but they're like grass fed and, and all the things. And I'll just have one of those, like I'll eat like a butter chicken for breakfast or something like that. Um, or I will make breakfast and I'll usually be either like lamb cutlets or something like that. Or I'll have like, say the night before I made like gluten-free palmas or something, I'll have like, I'll just chuck a palmer in the fry pan and make some salad and like that will be my breakfast. So either like leftovers, a dynamic meal or I'll cook something or I'll go out. And then yeah, probably the other three to four mornings I'm like Uber eating, whether it's like a toasted sandwich or a salmon fillet or, but it's always usually like healthy. And how many dinners? So I usually cook Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights, and then Thursday is a hit and miss. Sometimes I'll cook a Thursday or a Friday. And then we would Uber Eats. If we don't go out, we would Uber Eats the other three nights. Yeah. So four nights a week. Yeah. Yeah. Love. So just to recap that total, what was it? <laughs> Are we going back one, there? one more time. One more time. $2,218.99. Okay. Yeah. I reckon next month we'll get you just to do another quick update just to compare to see if it really was the week away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay, I'm open to that. You can hold me to that. Okay. Girl likes to eat. So the next question is, does your housekeeper work full time? No, she doesn't. Um, so she started out, um, she's a freaking godsend. She started out as a cleaner one day a week. She would come three hours one day a week and then eventually we moved her to two days a week and what really worked well when she started doing two days a week. So she comes on a Monday and a fr- oh. No, 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 sorry. A Tuesday and a Friday or a Monday and a Friday? I can't even remember now. And I think it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm -hmm. Because it's always a day where that I run a course. And I'm like, bye, Leah. Just going down to my office now. (laughs) So yeah, when she started doing two days, it meant that she could actually do more and it makes sense. So like, um, for example, on a Tuesday, she'll take all Oscar's work shirts and she'll drop them off at the cleaners. And then, um, not the cleaners, sorry, at the ironers. And then on a, on a Friday when she comes back, she picks them up on her way in. So um, then the other thing is like on a Tuesday, she'll put on X washing. So yeah, she like um, started doing things like that, like going to the dry cleaners for me, dropping all Oscar's shirts off at the ironing and then all the ironing would come back on the Friday. Whereas if she only did one day a week, it would be a week before he got all his work shirts back. It wouldn't make sense. Whereas now it's like three days. And then I just had a conversation with her and I was like, hey, would you be open to doing more things? Like, and she was like, yeah, like, what do you want done? So she's just started doing more housekeeping stuff. So now I'm typically on a Tuesday before she comes in or um, when she leaves or whatever and she'll come back, she will go and like my butcher my organic butcher is on like the same strip as the dry cleaners and the ironers. So now she'll go in, she'll get, she'll say, what meats do you want? She'll go in, order the meats for me, um, get all of that. She'll go to Coles, get anything I need to get from Coles. She'll get all my groceries, go to the, like drop the stuff off at the dry cleaning and then she'll come back. And then on a Friday, she'll just ask me again, is there anything you need? And it could be as simple as I need toilet paper and she'll go to the shops just to get toilet paper. Or it could be, you know, a food list of stuff that I want for dinner. And then, yeah, she like makes all of our beds. She does like even little things where it's like, she knows the flowers in the house if they're nearly like they're ready to go she'll like chuck the flowers out and clean them and stuff so she does a lot of housekeeping things um you know she now she never used to do my ironing bar um towels and bed sheets she would like always do that whereas now she's like do you want me to do your ironing um not your ironing your laundry and I was like yes yes I do and so now she like when she comes the first thing she'll do is put on a load of washing so by the time she's finished she can take it out and then put on another load before she leaves um Mm. just yeah so she doesn't work full-time but she does a lot for our household I remember when you first told me about like the flowers thing and I'm like it's just that little bit of initiative regardless of the industry that you work in that you're just like yes thank like thank you for seeing my needs that I didn't need to verbalize and that's why I love her and like anyone who has a cleaner you know finding a good one it's like a needle in a haystack and yeah she's just been incredible and like the the one thing I really just like love about her is her initiative like she can always just foresee things that I need or want done and she just does them and I don't even have to ask her all right we're gonna change the theme up a bit now it's gonna get a little bit of sexy time okay (laughs) let's go there Three words to describe your sex life. Fun, polarizing. I feel like you look confused. No, I'm just 
probably got images in my yeah. head. <laughs> Polarizing. I'd say Oscar's a bit of a daddy. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I want to go with connecting or intimate, but I'm going to go with connecting. Like we, I would say how we often have sex, like we're not having sex to like, oh, we better have sex. Like we're like having a time, you know what I mean? Like we're having a good time and we just like have so much fun together and like, um, we'll just like play around and things. But then the connecting part is every time we like finish having sex, we feel so much fucking closer as a couple. Like Mm. we feel really close and like, that we just had a good time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then um, the polarizing part is I would say like Oscar's a little bit more like steps into his dom and I would go a bit submissive because I would say outside of sex, like not that I'm the dom, like I'm definitely not. And Oscar could like to pretend that I am, like let me think that I am, but I am a little bit more like controlling and assertive and like things like that. But when we have sex, I would say I'm a bit more surrendered. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Juicy. How many times would you say you have sex a week? I feel like surely this is every couple, but it just changes and depends. Like it can be so different. Like sometimes like it could be if we're both busy, like it's once. And then sometimes it's like, it could be like a couple of times a day, but I would say to average it out, like maybe two to three times a week. But then yeah, again, it just depends. Sometimes it's like especially for on holidays it's like every day twice a day like it's just like non-stop fucking (laughs) (laughs) so it was a working holiday (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and I don't know it must we Oscar and I talk about and we're like it must be the um the lack of stress thing but like his libido he already has a good libido but when it comes to holidays I'm like fucking hell like it's basically just water walking around with a fucking hard dick (laughs) 21 Like, I know I'm in for a pounding if we're going away. Let's just put it that way. But yeah, so if we're on holiday, it's like a lot. Um, But if we're in home life, it could be two to three times a week. And I I would say that's average because if I'm on my period, we will have less. Okay, next question is, have you ever had sex in public? Yeah, I have. But I wouldn't say public. Like in a public place, yes. But like with people around, no. Like I've had sex on a beach before, but it was like – evening hot night vibes and I've had sex in like cars in public places and Mm. stuff but I haven't had sex somewhere where I'm like really thought I'd be caught have you yeah I've I've had sex on a beach as well yeah and and in the car I feel like that's like especially when you're younger as well like it's kind of like one of the standard things yeah are you in the mile high club no are you no I'm not oh Uh, Oscar and I were it was funny because we nearly booked a trip we're going to go on a trip to Europe and then um we've decided not to go but um in six weeks we we would be going and we were tossing up going first class and when you go first class you get access to the first class bathroom and it's like a bathroom do you know what I mean it's not a toilet you walk in there's like a sink a shower like there's full space and I was like this is our time like this is our time to shine but like yeah we'll just have to we'll just have to wait do you know what the thing is? I feel like when I hear the Mile High Club, I imagine it only being in one of the dingy single tiny cubicles. Like I'm like, does first class even count? Yeah, like surely not. I mean, if you're doing like an international flight, I feel like what could be cheeky is like, you know, when you do the long haul flights and it's like they turn all the lights out, it's dark, it's nighttime. It's like you could just do a little cheeky wristy or something. <laughs> Under the blanket. When you go business class, you get the blankets. I just picture the blanket going... And the air assess walking past. <laughs> She's like, I, they're either going to pretend that they don't see it or they're going to be like, oi. I was going to say, it might even, like, if you've got, because you've got the little, like, curtains and yeah, stuff yeah. as well, don't you? It, it depends on the airline. Like, some mm. you get, like, a little wall, some you don't, but, like, yeah. All right, so the next time you go on holidays, Oscar's in for a good time. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I feel like... He's going to listen you want- to this and be like, actually, we're going to Europe. Yeah. <laughs> Change of plans. Yeah. But I feel like my relationship advice, and, and I'm just going to stick with the traditional whatever, suck dick. <laughs> Keep your man happy. Get on your knees. Honestly, our relationship is so much better when I suck dick more regularly. <laughs> Like if you're wondering why your partner is not bringing you home flowers or being romantic, I would be curious how much dick you're sucking. I'll, I'll let you know tomorrow if I get flowers. <laughs> let's, just go, let's just say that. You're like, 
<laughs> oh my God, that's so good. Yeah, but I find I used to like have a thing where I'm like, not that I would like literally mark it in a calendar, but I would have like a rough loose thing and I was like minimum one dick suck a month. Like if you've fallen short from that, there's a problem, Jesse. Yeah. Like, get your shit together. Yeah. But I, I honestly like hand over heart. I feel like oral is the way to a man's heart. A man's heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I do. Mm-hmm. Have you ever walked in on your parents having sex? I haven't. I haven't. I've, and she wouldn't know this, but I'm sorry, mum, if you're listening. <laughs> I hope you're fucking not. I have heard my mum with her new partner before. Like when I lived at home, like my mum and her partner have been together for like, I feel like 10 years more. I don't, I don't know. But um, I remember when I was at home, so I was probably about like 22 and I remember just being like, and they were like new dating, like they were in the honeymoon phase. And I remember just being like, I need to move out. <laughs> I can honestly think of nothing worse than my parents having sex, but I think it's because they don't have a super intimate relationship like generally anyway. Mm. So the thought of, yeah, I'm just like, no, they haven't. Like since, they don't since do my that. youngest brother was born, they don't do that. They they <laughs> like, have nah. sex to make a child and that's it. I feel like I've got like a very, very loose memory of maybe once mm. where their door was shut and maybe I could just hear noise, but it wasn't like obvious. And I think I was very young. So maybe I also just didn't know. Mm. But yeah, other than that, like I've definitely haven't. I feel like that would be traumatizing. If like, if you actually did walk in on your parents, I feel mm. like that would, oh, I just, I feel like it depends how it's managed after. Mm. Because like, if you had an open relationship and your mom and dad or your mom then took you aside and sort of explained what it was and it's mm, just part of true. the love and stuff, mm. then I feel like as a parent, like there's nothing that you should be ashamed about. Mm. Like, obviously it's not ideal that your kids just walked in on you, but mm. it's just a conversation. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I'm also glad I haven't seen it. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. And we'll just remember this conversation when you've got kids and like you just want to go have a little quickie Mm. around the corner in the pantry. Mm -hmm. We're going to change topics now, go into the relationship stuff, have a bit of a chat. Um, So what is a relationship deal breaker for you? I wrote these. Let me get my notes I prepared earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because I didn't want to miss any. My relationship deal breakers. One, super obvious, cannot openly communicate. Like if someone is expecting me to read their mind, if someone is like fucking playing in the shit of like um, unconscious resentment, like they're resenting me for something that I'm doing that they don't like and they're not telling me about it and giving me the opportunity to rectify it, but then they're resenting me, like that doesn't feel good. Yeah, anything where like they're not willing to like communicate if, if there's something that's on my mind, if they were to like shut down the conversation or not want to like talk about like communication is my biggest one in all relationships every area of my life like that to me I would say is my number one yeah um I didn't think about this earlier I didn't write this down but in saying that do you know one that I hate and we're going to come into icks later but like it's actually almost an ick but it's also a relationship deal breaker people who talk more about their partners with other people than they will about their partner so they'll go to their friends and explain everything they don't like that their partner's doing or frustrating them but it's like have you talked to your partner about that no mm. like you know what I mean like you know mm-hmm. those people where it's like their partner doesn't know they're doing anything wrong yeah but then they're talking to everyone else about it it's like that could create so much shame if the person found out like I that stuff so like something Oscar and I pride ourselves on we don't speak about each other to other people yeah like there's there's levels of like you can speak about it's not like you're not allowed to share anything or you're not allowed to say anything but it's always with respect mm. and it's never like blame shame and I think that's probably a lot of ego work I've done as well but it's not like blaming and shaming it's like just this is what I'm feeling right now yeah. yeah and I think there's a big difference about having a conversation about something that you don't like even about your partner like if it's with a close friend to just being with a group of people and going oh my partner's doing this and this and this yeah. and it's more just whinging like yeah. it's not actually a conversation yeah. it's just like to go and like you know how often you can be in a group with people and it's like they'll say that their partner has done this and you'll be like oh my god mine does that as well like yeah. it, like it's that kind of conversation that's, it? yeah like yeah. no and it's like the energy of like if you're com- talking about your partner to someone else like what I would anchor into is if my partner was communicating this exact thing 
in this environment to other people about me? How would I feel? And there's situations where I know if I'm having a conversation with like my best friend or someone about Oscar, it's like, oh no, I know the way that I'm communicating this is really productive and it's healthy and it's me like either, um, you know, sharing my experience or wanting to like connect or feel seen or feel heard or get support or advice on something. It's not actually to like, emotionally dump and vent and shame my partner yeah you know yeah Yeah. so I think that's a really good one Mm -hmm. next one if they couldn't transcend an anxious or avoidant attachment style so like Oscar and I we're going to talk about this in it takes two but when we first met I was anxious and he was avoidant and like we transcended that you know and now we're both very very secure in our attachment style but if I had a partner that could never fucking transcend avoidance or anxiousness I couldn't do that I couldn't do the hot cold you're anxious now I gotta soothe you now you're avoiding me now there's silence now there's like you know that typical hot cold mm-hmm. I can't I can't that just gives my me fucking heart palpitations yeah yeah I 100 do you know what it's so funny because communication be my number one this would be my second one or even just having someone that's clingy that always needs to be with you Mm. that that yeah then becomes that anxious side of things it's Mm. like I'm my own person give me space yeah it's like Um, I just want security yeah yeah I think that's really important and um I can hold people in an anxious or avoidant attachment so you know I've co-created friendships where I felt a bit anxious. I've been a little bit anxious because it's new. Or I feel like when you're navigating a new relationship, it's normal for your old wounded attachment style to come out. So it's like we all have our default. We can build a secure attachment style, but when shit gets rocky, you usually swing one way or the other. I swing anxious. So it's like I feel like when you're building a new relationship, it's okay that you're not fucking secure from the get-go and like some stuff's playing out. But do you transcend it? Do you communicate it? Do you co-create a secure relationship or do you continue to play into the cycle? I couldn't be in a relationship that continued to play the cycle. When do you think you overcame that? I feel like we probably went, so we were like seeing each other for around six months and then we finally became boyfriend girlfriend and I would say once we actually like solidified that we were in a relationship so this first six months we're just fucking anxious avoidant in out hot cold all the things um and then once we solidified a relationship I would say we gradually got better and better and better and better um and like to the point that it would only come up sometimes but I would say to a point where I could have fully said we are secure was probably like three years into our relationship like fully Wow, yeah. Like it like and by that point, like three years, like it was barely ever coming out. But it was like I would say I was still a little bit anxious or like, yeah. Whereas now it's like not at all. Was it a conversation that you had as well to both recognize that that's what you were doing and that's how you were playing things out? Or do you think it was just a natural progression as you were both on your own personal development journeys to work through that and then just get stronger together? I would say both because it was a natural evolution of us working on each other and becoming more secure as human beings, which naturally you know, moved into our relationship, but also we did have conversations around it. We just didn't have the language for anxious avoidance. So whilst we didn't use that language, there was a conversation to the behaviors that were happening and occurring of like, it was more like when there's like conflict, I I don't want you to like, I want to talk about it. I want to resolve it. I want to, and I feel like you don't. And like, you know, he'll do things like want to get in his car and go for a drive and that would actually activate my anxiousness where I'd be like oh my god now something's wrong and I can't fix it and like so it was conversations about that but we just didn't have the language for what it was yeah at the time yeah yeah are you anxious or avoidant if you were to flip into one avoidant I see that yeah Um, Although in saying I'm very much a, like I need to talk about it. Yeah. Because you're secure though. Yeah. 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 And I feel like I'm like, let's just have a fucking conversation. But if I was to go one way or the other, I'd just be like, nah, it's just easier for me to avoid it and probably forget about it and then just come back to it. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. I'm this independent. I'm like, I don't do the anxious thing. I I think you're very, I think you're very secure, but I could see your most wounded version being avoidant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So super quick tit for tat. Mm Mm-hmm. Can't do relationships at tit for tat. Like if I accidentally fuck up, if you go and fuck up as a result to counteract my fuck up, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. like, like I'm Quick not, I'm not, do, I'm not doing that. We're not doing that here. <laughs> someone, and then these ones have come more into like values. Honestly, someone who lacked ambition, like deal breaker for me. Do I think that's a deal breaker for any, like all relation? Like obviously not. Um, but for me as a human, uh, someone that wasn't ambitious and that even ties into the next one, someone who wasn't interested in evolving, like fuck me, I could not be with a partner that if like in five years you look back, they speak the same, walk the same, 
they do their job the same, they have the same interest. Like I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Like I need someone that they've, whether it's their vocabulary is evolving, whether what they're interested in is evolving, whether like the season that they're in and, and what they're doing, whether it's their health, whether it's their work, whether it's money, whether it's relationships, like they have to want to like grow. Um, so I feel like growth is huge for me. I couldn't be with someone who stayed stagnant in their life. I can see that. Yeah. Like, cause you're not going to stay stagnant. So no. I'd get be, bored. Yeah. See Keep watching Netflix when you get home from work, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> see you, bruh. <laughs> Mads and I had a conversation because we were we we talked about some of the questions and um, obviously we saw relationship deal breakers and that got me into thinking about dating X because a, a relationship deal breaker is very different to an ick right someone's deal breaker could be oh my god if my partner did drugs deal breaker it could be oh if my partner cheated on me deal breaker it could be if my partner lacked ambition deal breaker like everyone's going to have different emotional spiritual uh financial whatever rule breakers in relationships and but icks are different icks are like they may not be a deal breaker they could be a deal breaker though so something could be an ick and a deal breaker but something could be an ick and it's not a deal breaker and I was trying to have a think about it and um I ended up getting on good old Google and I Googled what are like the top icks for people and it came up with a list of like what people have voted are their biggest icks and um there was 40 and I've narrowed down the list to 10 and I thought we could have a conversation about them um let's do it so I have cut out the really obvious ones that were like we get it so there was like they smell bad they chew with their mouth open they breathe too heavily They exist. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I was about to say the exact same thing. Yeah, but I, I cut all those ones out plus some. Um, there were some that were just weird. Um, but anyway, so I've narrowed it down to top 10 in no particular order. So oh, I just want to get your thoughts on all okay. of them. We'll have a conversation. Okay. So the first one, I disagree. And it could be because I'm triggered because I am this person. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So we're not starting off well. The first one's double texting. This is a huge ick for me. Stop it. Yes. I double text you all the time. I fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) Communication, Madison. No, you don't do it too bad though because I'll do it sometimes. It's when I've got one girlfriend up in Queensland and I've told her, I'm like, just fucking put it in one message. But it's when people send like one or two words Mm. and then just keep sending them. And I think Mm. half the time it's more the notifications. Yeah. I'm like, if I'm busy and I get one notification and then another and another, like it actually just makes me mad. Yeah. And I'm like, just put it into one message. Yeah. It's also, I reckon it's a vibe when you got to feel it out. So where I double text is usually when I'm in a setting where, you know, when you know the other person's got the conversation open, like they're in your message, yeah. you're in WhatsApp, you're in text and you're both going back and forth. And it's kind of like a fucking MSN chat. Yeah. That I'm, I, I'm down for that double text. I lowkey like it. I feel like it adds texture, it adds humor and it feels fun. But if it's like you, someone could be working or, you know, they're not in the chat, like don't double text. So even for example, sometimes my best friend and and I will do a thing where it's like, I kind of want to double text, but I want to make sure she's present and I'll like send her a message. I'll be like, hi. And she'll be like, hey. And then I'm like, okay, I know we're on. And then it's like, (laughs) and then I can go or something like that. But I wouldn't just be like 12 o'clock on a Wednesday Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I don't know, dating could be different as well. Yeah. To be fair, if I was dating someone and it was like new and it wasn't that we're present and I was like working and they were like sending me five text messages, I would be like, whoa, hold your fucking horses. You creep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel, yeah. It's a big no for me. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's an, it depends for me. Um, What, what are your thoughts on multiple questions that are like unrelated at once? Because, like, you know how, like, you can end up having, like, five different parts of a conversation going in one or people who, like, ask, like, massive lengthy questions as well? Just call me. Yeah. First of all, long question. Like, can we speak about this over dinner or yeah. on a phone call or something like that? Like, I don't – my fingers don't want to reply to that. Yeah. Or um, voice note me. Multiple questions at once. I'm like – it feels – it gives me anxious vibes. Yeah. I'm the same. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, can we just stick with one thing? You're like, let's Maybe just have two. a conversation, not yeah. five conversations yeah, yeah, at yeah. once. Yeah, like that gives me that gives me anxiety. Yeah. yeah, big messages for me now. You know, back in the day when you might have like, like you're in high school and you've just had a fight with your boyfriend, and like you send them a massive message and you get like one answer, like a what okay or something back, and you K, get instantly triggered. Full stop. <laughs> 
And then you like send another one and another one. I feel like now if I was to see big messages, I'm nearly like I need to put energy into my response. So yeah. I'm actually just not going to respond because I don't have the time right now yeah. or the energy right now. And yeah. then I don't respond Because it's anxious. What you just said, it reminds me of being a fucking teenager where someone is mad at you and now you're anxious about it and you're trying to resolve the conversation. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, there's a time and a place and Whatever. text, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. What's the next thing? Um, Second one. And I, I, this is an ick for me, like huge ick, actually relationship deal breaker, being rude to a waiter. Yeah, yeah, that is a huge ick for me. I actually feel like there's no one in my life that I've got that would actually be rude to a waiter. I have no one currently, but I have in the past, not a relationship, but I have had people in the past and it's like, I want to like ooze into my chair. Like I want to s- just ooze down and slide under the table and never be seen again. Mm. Like I, like I feel secondhand shame like I feel the shame for them that they should feel that they're not feeling because they're ignorant to their behavior mm, it's yeah. just like have you ever been at a table where someone's been like rude to a waiter yeah oh. I have been and I feel like because I used to work in hospitality when I was oh. younger as well like I've had it firsthand so yeah. I'm almost additionally like extra conscious when I'm out yeah. to make sure that I'm polite to them and even like I do the little things like I'll help quickly tidy up the table when I know they're gonna have to come in and get rid of our staff yeah because I'm like I also don't want you just having to lean over everywhere mm. yeah yeah I've worked hospital as well so I feel like that's huge same as like retail mm. I've like done the retail thing and like retail workers can just get so much rude stuff so I feel like when you've been in the person's shoes you're always like more mindful but yeah I can't deal with people f- acting like they're above the waiter. Like that's a huge ick for me. Number three, living in a mess. So if you were dating someone and you went to the house for the first time and they had like a messy house, what would that be an ick for you? Yeah. Yeah. Same. Not a deal breaker. Yeah. But a huge ick. Yeah. I'm I'm, like, we need to fix this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the kind of gal who like, I'll tidy up a tiny bit the night before, but like even now, like every morning before work, I'll make sure that the kitchen's clean, the house is clean because I can't work in a mess. Mm. Yeah. That would be an ick. Like even Scott... He's definitely gotten better over time, but it's just because he knows a clean environment for me is really important. Mm. Whereas he used to be, I'll leave the dishes for a couple of days and then do them. But it was typical, it's probably stereotyping, but like teenage boy, like first moved out of home, like that kind of vibes. And when he lived with his mates previously to us moving in together, it was always a a bit of a different story. And Mm. like, I nearly want to come over and like clean things up because I'm like, I know how good it feels to be in a clean environment. Mm. But yeah, that's an ick for me. I feel like I got the lottery with Oscar because (laughs) he's more clean than me. So he would probably say I'm the ick. (laughs) (laughs) You're the problem. (laughs) He would, he would say I'm messy. And I'm like, no, he wouldn't say I'm messy. He would say I'm clean, but I'm not tidy. Mm. so that you know that's kind of a difference like I'm clean but I'm not tight like for him everything has a place but I feel like for him so he's got his mum is like so good at like like borderline and I say this in the most loving way OCD like her house is always just like immaculate she's super clean she's also like a chef by um you know by trade so it's like she's used to just like cooking cleaning always having a clean space always having clean environment like everything just is so immaculate so he's grown up with a mum that she always would have just the most beautiful home everything done really nicely um and then when he was a teenager his parents aren't together. He lived with his his dad for most of the time. So it was like the boys, do you know what I mean? So he didn't have his mum to do the dishes and the, all the things. So I feel like he had to learn that. And um, and then when we got together, he was just so um, self-efficient. And he also is a little bit – he's not OCD. Like that's an exaggeration by far, but kind of. Um, so he's just very, very fucking neat, very tidy, Um. And if he didn't have time to be neat, he would like get a cleaner an extra day or like he, he would always be resourceful so he could have a clean environment. Mm. But yeah. it would be an ick for me too. I feel like if I – it would give me teenage boy vibes. Like if I – at mm. this age, like I'm 28, if I went to – if I was dating and I went to a guy's house and he had like a messy house and like laundry on his floor and stuff, I would be like, if I really like you, I'm going to keep seeing you. But like this, this behavior is not going to stay. Yeah. We need to fix this. <laughs> Um, what about if you went the other way? Like, did it take you any time to adjust to Oscar being so clean? Like, I feel like for me, like I'm clean, but also I understand if we've just had a meal at lunch, the dishes can sit by the sink and stuff as long as they're there tidy and not like spread out everywhere. Like, and they can stay there till that night or the next morning. Like, you know how there's some people that are the opposite like Mm. end of the spectrum where like you move from here to the table and like 
why haven't you cleaned up after yourself? Yeah. Like, or they're cleaning up after you. Yeah. I would say we both had to do work around it. So he had to do work around being okay with mess. And I had to do work around being tidier, um, you know, to, you know, help him feel more comfortable at home and things like he wouldn't want to come home. And there's like, oh, I would never, oh, it's, it happens occasionally, but it's like, we wouldn't leave like shoes at the door or like they, you take your shoes off, you walk to your room and you put them in their place. Mm-hmm. Like things like that. Like we wouldn't have shoes at our front door or anything like that. Um, it's like probably the one that he let slide the most. And this is so funny is um, there's two. One, my handbag stays on the a bar stool in the kitchen because I, it's just like I grab it all the time. I'm in, I'm out, handbag. So the handbag stays there. If he had his way, the handbag would like go in my cupboard or something, like have a place. Mm, yeah. um, and then the second one is like my laptop. Like my laptop belongs in my office, but my office is downstairs and it's like – I have my lap, like, I just want to wake up in the morning and go and sit at the dining table. I don't want to come down. Like, it, it is a bit of, like, a tiny lazy piece, but it's, like... But also you work from home and you're here 24-7. Yeah. So I feel like it's a little bit different as yeah. to, like, leaving something there if you were going out, like, to an yeah. office or something every single day. Yeah. So he lets me have my laptop on the dining table and then it's, like, obviously plugged in. So there's, like, the charger plugged in and, like, over the dining table. Like, he would allow that. But, like, yeah, so he had to do work, but I have done a lot of conscious work on being a tidier person like when I was younger I my mum used to call me messy jesse because I my room was like actually cooked like I would have I was like a barbie girl there would you'd walk in my room it's like a barbie bomb, bomb site it's like someone had let off a bomb and the bomb was made of barbies like that was <laughs> <laughs> that was my room and it was always just like such a mess like had my toys everywhere and stuff like that and like and then as I grow up I'm clean but I'm not tidy like I would just leave a mess in my wake yeah um but I wouldn't do things like leave clothes on the floor or things like that but like I'm still was still kind of messy but rare is now like I wouldn't say I'm a messy person anymore I've grown I've grown so glad (laughs) so this one's funny and I feel like anyone that has a tradie partner this won't be an ick for them but I feel that people that don't have a tradie partner this will be an ick so I feel like it depends on your partner's occupation so my partner's a cabinet maker so we'll see okay he's a shop fitter Having dirty fingernails. Oh, yeah, that's not a nick for me. Not even something that I think about. Oh, that's a nick for me. That's such really? a nick for me. I'm like, fucking wash those hands or you're not going near my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like Scott is still clean. Yeah. But like, it's not like he's got nicely manicured. But also oh, his yeah. hands are like a little bit generally like rougher than your yeah. office worker. Yeah, than Oscar's <laughs> beautiful manicured hands. But like, yeah, I just think about it. I'm like... Oh, I feel like it's so funny. Like I feel when I think of like guys, dirty tradie hands and like dirt under the fingernails or like grease on the hands or something. And I feel like my fucking pussy clenching in a, ba- in a, <laughs> in a bad way. Oh my God. In a bad way. Like I'm like, go wash them. See, it's not even something that I think about. Yeah. Like I just, but I don't actually think I even look at Scott's hands. So yeah. Okay. Number five. people's biggest ick is having people be obsessed with their star signs. I feel like it would be an ick. To be honest, I've never really experienced it, but it probably would be. Like I I enjoy having conversations about it Mm. because I 100% believe that your star sign and when you're born can impact certain things. Yeah. Um, But I've just never been around someone that's talking about it 24-7 to know if it would trigger me or I'd just be like... "Mm." I feel like for me, it would depend on like, you know, when you like intuitively feel the place it's coming from, like if I was dating someone and they were like, what's your star sign? Just in terms of like, I want to get to know you and it's a conversation starter. I'm like, oh, that's such a cool conversation. I would be all for it. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a Leo sun, Pisces moon, Gemini rising. Like I'm down for that conversation. But if someone was asking me to be like, oh, Leo and, and Gemini are compatible or incompatible or like shit like that, I'd be like, are you dictating whether we're going to be compatible based off our fucking stars? Like that would be an ick for me. So I love star sign conversations. They make me happy, excited. If people teach me things about it or if someone was like, oh, do you know that Gemini rising is this? I'm like all ears. Like I love conversations like that. Anything um, like uh, what do they call like personality charts, traits, quizzes, you know, like um, INFP, things like that, Um, human design. I love conversations around that, but for a conversation, not for like, I'm determining whether I can or can't do something or can or can't be in a relationship based off my fucking human design. Like that's yeah. an ick for me. Yeah. Like when people are like, cause I'm a projector in human design and when people are like, Oh, I can't do that. Cause I need rest. Cause I'm a projector. I'm like, shut the fuck up. 
Oh yeah, that's an that's I can't. An, that's yeah. an ick for me. I'm like, no, you're actually wanting mm. you're you're wanting to find something externally out of you to have an excuse of why you do or don't do something. Yeah, it, for me, it feels like when people. This is an ick for me. When people mm. use their star signs to create limitations, as opposed to curiosity, opening up their mind, seeing if there's a better way. Mm. So it's like there's two energies you can come from. One's like, oh, that's really interesting. I would take that on board, and the other way is like oh, I'm going to take that so I can put myself in a box of everything I can't do or behaviours that I get to normalise. Yeah. Like a Manny Gen. Oh, but I'm a Manny Gen. I have a hundred things and I never finish them. So I'm not going to, well, why don't you work on integrating the aspect of your psyche that doesn't want to finish? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I can't deal with the limitation thing. Yeah. And like, stop using it as an excuse. Yeah. 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 Do, and it's like, there's a line because I believe our star sign, like I've got a fucking lying on me because I'm a Leo but like I believe that we can utilize things like our star sign our human design our gene keys our whatever to see where we can do things with less resistance and more flow and things like that but I would never be a victim to my star sign I would never be a victim to my gene keys or whatever so yeah yeah we're over halfway so we've got five to go rude (laughs) (laughs) having an Instagram account for their pet I have one for on Franklin. Did you know? No. I never use it. But it says actually, oh no, it just says for their pet. I thought it said for their new pet. But no, for their pet, an IG account for their pet. I do have a Willow on Franklin account. Just don't post on it. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Go follow. Like and subscribe. Um, do you post stuff on there? No, I haven't posted since probably 2020 or 2021 maybe. Probably mm. 2021. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? Lockdown. It was a lockdown Instagram account. What else was I going to do? Build a business, build a career. <laughs> I mean, but I, but I did that. I did that. But it was like outside of that, I, I bought an iPad so I could do digital art. Like I started doing artwork. You're learning all new things mm. about me. Yeah. So I started doing those. You know, those people that take a real picture and then they draw over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the digital illustrations. I got into like digital illustrating and stuff and then made an Instagram account for my pets apparently. Um, but yeah. Do you know what? It actually wouldn't be an ick, even if they were obsessed with it and it had $60,000 and they were being paid, like they were getting paid to put their pet in cute outfits and shit. I'd be like, you're funny. Yeah. That's funny. And it like you're making money. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not, nah, it's not an ick for me yeah. either. Like yeah. I don't have one, but I'm like, if someone does, I'm like, yeah, good for you. Like, yeah. and also I fucking love my dog. It's just because I'm not a social yeah. media person that will do that. Yeah. Like, I just can't be bothered. I, I'm cool with it. I'm cool. So this is an ick for me because I sport is an ick in general. <laughs> okay. Do you know what's funny? I'm a sporty person. I played tennis growing up. I did gymnastics and then aerobics and, and dancing, hip hop, all the things. Um, even um, fun fact: in 2020, I got back into tennis. I was like, you know what? I did tennis for for years growing up. From I did like pee wee tennis, which is where you're a little kid with a net and you're like fucking five. Um, all the way up until maybe about year eight. Um, and like competed on weekends and stuff. Are you still and then, doing that in pee wee tennis? <laughs> <laughs> still doing pee wee now. Um. And in 2020, I was like, I'm going to get back into tennis. And like, it was so bad because I hadn't done it for like 10 years. Um, But I hired like a private tennis instructor and I did like um, maybe like eight private lessons and then lockdown happened, um, which was really annoying. But I just hate the sound of sport, like the sound of sport commentary, woo, (laughs) the whole thing makes me anxious. Like it's this. What was the... Okay. Referring to their football team as we, like we won. Oh, yeah. We won. Oh, we (laughs) lost. Like not like, oh, fuck, Bombers lost. It's like we did it. Like were you on the fucking field, were you? (laughs) Is that really an ick for you though? No, it's not. It's not an ick for me. You can call your football team we, but if you watch football, that's an ick. But you didn't fucking participate, mate. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that wouldn't be an ick for me. But – um. To be entirely honest, dating someone that was a huge sport fan would be an ick. Really? Yeah. If you want to watch football on the weekend, we're breaking up. Wow. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything fucking worse to do with my time. It's like an hour and a half and you don't have to watch it. Yeah, I know. But I hate the sound of it. Do you know what it would be? It would be like, okay, you can watch it. Do you know what's so funny? I just had a flashback of uh, my ex relationship and like he loved football and like that's fine. But I remember getting to a point and I'm like, did I dream this or did this happen? But I'm very sure it happened. Oh, no, no. I'm confusing that with something else. No, it didn't happen. 
It was something else. It was it was Oscar's dad. He got um Bluetooth headphones for the TV so he could. <laughs> it wasn't to watch sports though. It's when we all lived together, so he wanted to like let us have our you know. So that was a, a different memory. So I was having flashbacks of my ex watching football and the mute headphones, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, did my ex buy headphones so we could watch sport? But no, it was I was getting confused. But I hate the sound of news game shows and sport on the TV. Like that actually makes my skin crawl. Those three things, news, sports wow. and game shows, like get off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then occasionally it's, it's interesting. Cause like I could get into it if it's an experience, like would I go to a football game? Like I could, like I could, mm. if it's like a one-off thing or um, could I watch a tennis match? Yeah, I could. Like, would I go to the Australian open? Would I watch a boxing fight? Yeah, I would. But it's like, it has to be an experience, not a, like an obsession. Yeah. I think sport is an obsession isn't it for me. Like, yeah. yeah. You being like I've seen couples at dinner with like the guy with his phone on that the is, table that is an ick for me. watching the no. sport or people like yeah. people like listening in on the cricket or like I'm like, whoa, nah. No, that would be an ick for me. Like the people that are that obsessed that yeah, they'll mm. have their phones and stuff out watching. I feel like otherwise though. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like do you, you know, do you. you if know, they were going to like a game every single week and like if it was on a Saturday and we wanted to go away and they were like, fuck oh, we the footies on, we yeah. can't or whatever, then I would be like, assess your shit. Yeah. But yeah. I Otherwise, also feel like, like it yeah. depends on your parents too because neither of my parents were into football or sports. If I had a dad that was super into football, I reckon I would be too. Like I reckon you naturally fall into like, you know, a lot of parents go to the, for the sorry, a lot of people go for the same teams as what one of their parents do and like things yeah. like that. But my parents were never into sports, so I didn't get into it. So I wasn't <clears> born with that natural, like I want to play, but I don't want to watch. Mm, like yeah. I would rather play the sports. Yeah, I feel like I'm similar, but in the respect of like, I don't really care because mum and dad, like they both had their teams and we sort of did follow and like we'd speak about it and occasionally watch games, but it wasn't something that was a religious thing that we did. So I'm like, now I'm like, yeah, I enjoy sports, but I, yeah, I'm sort of neutral to it. All right. So we've got three to go. Wearing sunglasses indoors. (laughs) I put mine on the ground before so I could put my headphones on. Like on on your face? No, on your face. Like oh. where, like going through a shopping center and you got your sunnies on. Oh yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, how can you see properly? Do you know the funniest thing? So Scott has prescription sunglasses, so yeah. he needs to wear them to see. And sometimes it'll either be dark inside and he can't find his real sun, um, his real glasses. So he'll put his sunnies on watching TV <laughs> at night so he can see the screen properly. That's funny. <laughs> or driving occasionally if he's driving at night. Um, and like I, I'm ha- usually happy to drive, but if he wants to drive for whatever reason, he'll sometimes put his sunnies on at night. That's <laughs> so funny and I feel for him because I used to have glasses and prescription sunnies before yeah. I got my eyes lasered so I know I know the feels yeah yeah Oscar will wear his inside sometimes in like um I wouldn't say a shopping center but like there's some places he has worn them inside but he has those ones that are like they're like LV sunnies and they're like light brown but they're so light like they're not even really great sunnies like yeah. if it's a super bright day you probably need more coverage kind of yeah. vibe but he's just like he looks cool yeah yeah so I actually wear mine on my head more than anything yeah, I think and that's then I'll fine. use them yeah yeah that's fine um I don't know if it's an it'd just be weird to see yeah if someone had like like black like dark black I can't see your eyes and yeah, you're walking like around inside yeah I would be like mm, can we not mm. like I feel like if I had like if Oscar we were gonna go we were walking through chatty and he had like black sunnies on inside walking in the shops like imagine walking to LV like dark speed dealer sunnies I would be I would be a bit embarrassed yeah be like who are you about to staunch (laughs) (laughs) okay um final two so number nine wearing socks to bed that's definitely not an ick for me I I wouldn't say it's an ick for me that's not an ick but I'm like it's not ideal why why does someone Mm. else wearing socks to bed impact you at all (sighs) good question Good question. You like cold feet on you in the morning? No, of- I don't know if it feels like a bit immature for some, on some level, like a bit like, do adults do that? <laughs> Keep their feet warm. <laughs> oh my 
<laughs> Do you know the funny thing? I've only been able to start wearing socks to bed in the last couple of years. Like I used to just not like the feel of it, mm. but now I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think I don't like it because I don't like the feel. So then when I see someone else do it, I feel the feeling and then I don't like that. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't say it's an ick, but it's like if I got to choose, like, no, don't do that. So you just think it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, no, you can have cold feet. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking freeze. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So the next one is, well, the final one, not paying on the first date. What's your thoughts? Do you know what? This is interesting because I am actually... I think being Miss Independent, mm. I'm like, I, like when Scott and I went on our first date, I actually went to the, to- I did need to go to the bathroom, but then I actually went up after the bathroom and paid for it because just me being me, I'm like, I don't feel like they have to. Mm. However, if we went on a first date and they didn't try to, even if I had, or like sort of, yeah, imply that they were happy to do that, then I would kind of maybe just not think it's as attractive Mm. I'm super traditionalist like Mm. that um and I believe that and I don't believe this is right I don't think do I think that specifically I'm going to speak to do I think that men should have to pay on a first date no do I like it yes would I find it attractive yes would I find it unattractive if they didn't yes yeah so it's like I feel like I don't believe it's actually right or necessary but in a relationship for me I want to feel cared for, provided for, considered like very traditional gender roles. Yeah. Turn me on. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like if I went, what you said, if I I could end up paying, but I want to know that they tried or they were intending to, or that's the intention that they had. Like they wanted to treat me, look after me. And it's like, if, if you're in a financial situation where you can't get creative, like, like take me on a free date. Like, Let's go on an adventure together. Let's go ask me to the, like, let's have a beach day or, you know what I mean? Like, Mm. let's drive to a fucking waterfall. Like, take me on a date that doesn't cost money then. But, Mm. like, if you're going to take me to the movies or if you're going to take me to dinner, like, pay for it. Mm. That's my vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it would be a bigger ick for me if they suggested going halves. Like, I would rather there be that little bit of awkward thing and I pay for the whole thing opposed to them going, Oh, well, we'll just get our own and split the bill. Yeah. "Mm -mm." That's not sexy. No, not at all. Nah. I'm like, you're not getting a second date. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What what was your first date with Scott? What did you do? Where did you go? We went to a pub. Oh, I think we went to Naked for Satan in, um, in Brunswick. Oh, okay. Because I lived in Fitzroy at the time and he came over and then we went to a pub and had a drink and then we went out there for dinner. I cannot picture you as a Fitzroy girl. (laughs) Yeah. So I just moved back from Queensland and started my job, which was in the city. And my best friend actually lived in Fitzroy, but she, at the time I hadn't got my own place yet. And she, at the time had a partner. So she was staying there a lot of the time. Mm. So I would just go, like I was basically living in her room. Um, and that's what just where she lives. So I lived there and then I was only in there for like maybe a month and then I got an apartment with some girls in Hawthorne. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's cool. Mm. Um, Oscar and I, our first date, we went to gold class Yeah, and you know, like I feel like it's still present now, but definitely even at a time, even at six years ago, it was like when a guy takes you on a date or whatever, even like friends, like anyone, like boy, girl, doesn't matter when you like first see someone and you pull up and you're like here and you like text them and you're like here and they like come out. And I remember like waiting and I was living with my mom at the time and um, I was waiting for, um, he was like, I'll come pick you up and like take you like, oh, cause we were like, do we meet there? Are you going to pick me up? Like what's going to happen? And he was like, I'll come pick you up um, and I'll take you blah, blah. And then um, I remember like just finishing going to like the bathroom and like washing my hands or whatever. And then like the door knocking. And my mum was in the front room and I remember like, like wanting to run and like the door opening and him going, hi, I'm Oscar. And like shaking my mum's hand and stuff. So cute. And then like he opened the car door for me and then, yeah, he was such a gentleman. He still is. And then we like went to gold class and like, yeah, he, he, and then he dropped me home after, walked me to the door, like full gentleman vibes. Like he's very, he was taught to be very chivalrous growing up, like, um, 
And I would say he's even had to battle that in the last few years because naturally he's so inclined to open doors for people or offer someone your jacket or do things like that. And you know, very much today where it's like, I can fucking do it myself. Like don't like people can get really fired up. Like he's almost in this thing of like, is this right? Is this wrong? Do I like, he's trying to be polite, but then he like almost fears like backlash and things like that now, which is interesting. But yeah, he's still very like, he'll still open every door for me. Um, even to this day, like not car doors, but like if we're walking through a room or something, like he'll open the door and like stuff like that. Very chivalrous. But I remember just being like, okay, something's going to be wrong. Like I remember just being like, What's, what's the, the thing? What's the catch? Yeah. I remember being like, what's the catch? And like, we went on a date, we were talking and I was waiting for the thing. Like, he's not going to be funny or he's going to have no job. Or like, I don't know. I just remember like, how old then, was he? How old were you guys? Um, so I would have been 22. Yeah. Yeah. And he would have been 24. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you do on your first date? Um, so we went to gold class and then we got, um, we watched a movie. I don't remember what we watched though. Oh, I feel like it could have been, unless this was another day. I'm very, very sure it was the movie Nice Guys. Yeah, I with um, it. yeah, yeah, it's got um, Ryan Gosling in yeah. it. Yeah, um, and yeah, and then just had food and stuff, and then like he dropped me home. But I remember being so nervous, like I couldn't even eat. Like I remember we got like wedges or something, and I was like ate one chip, and I was like I can't. Like I was so nervous, I like fucking couldn't eat. And I remember he was so nervous, he was like. <clears throat> like rubbing his hands together like almost like sweaty palms and stuff he like was trying to keep eye contact but you know when it's like hard for someone to keep contact like he was keep eye contact but I could tell the part of him that was so like nervous he wanted to like look away and stuff and like sometimes wouldn't like come back and like he yeah he told me later he's like I was so fucking nervous on our date which is so funny because he was like a fucking whore before he met me like (laughs) and then he just met me and he was like experienced yeah good and I was like you like me (laughs) <laughs> I know you do. Yeah, so that was our experience. So, did you um pin your first movie ticket on the pin board at home? I With- didn't. Oh, no, I didn't, didn't do save that. it and put no. it in a box. Or Good something. old digital tickets these days. You know, buy your ticket online. Get oh, your true. Yeah, true. Mm. Or who could have got them? I don't remember. Well, this has been a juicy episode. I've got one more question. Oh, you quickly. got another, okay. I'm it's sort of re- no, it's sort of related okay. on this though. Yeah. What is your thoughts on like sex on the first date? Um, you do you. Yeah. Like, I think it depends on the mood, the vibe, the energy, the person, the connection, the, it's like, is it something you do every single time because you, like, it depends. It's like, are you having sex on the first date because you've got a wounded part of you that feels like someone won't want a second date if you, they don't get anything from you? Or is it like you just enjoy a good time? Like, I, it just really depends on the intentionality behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't, we actually took a while, I feel. How long? So I hope Oscar doesn't kill me if you're doing this. <laughs> I was going to say, I could tell by the way you added on the end, like, I feel like, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, you fucking know. <laughs> yeah. So he had been a little bit of a um, whore before he met me mm. um, for a period of time. So he'd come out of a long-term relationship. And then when that ended, mm. went a bit wild, um, like new girl, new weekend kind of vibe. And basically I didn't find this out until like a year later because he didn't try anything on me like would kiss and stuff but he didn't try anything on me for I reckon we probably had like I don't know I don't know like I want to say six dates but like I'm not sure how but regular were the dates was it like weekly or like a couple yeah, times a week uh, or? at the start like maybe fortnightly and then they were getting like closer and closer and closer and then it was yeah. like we were catching up a bit and it's like he was never trying it's like we would lie there watching a movie and I'm like is he, he not into me and then one day he just fucking <laughs> went straight for it and I was like oh gone zero to hundred so um I found out like a year later the reason for that was because he'd been a bit of a whore when he met me he was like this girl's different and he's like, this isn't a girl that you just fuck and potentially give an STD to. <laughs> so basically what happened when he met me and decided to take me on a date is he went and got tested and he was waiting for his test results to come back. And so as soon as they came back that he was all clear, he was like, D, D and V, D is going in the V. So I was like, why isn't, and then it was like, that's why it went zero to hundred. And like a year later, he was like, yeah, the reason I took so long was because I was waiting for my test results to come back. <laughs> that is not the answer I thought I was going to get to I that know, question, but I love I know. it. Yeah. So, and then six years later, here we are. I love that. 
That's yeah. so much fun. I love that. I said to him, I'm like, I love that you knew I was different. Like, I love that, that your thought was, I can't give this girl an STD. <laughs> Do you want to know what? Scott and I are probably the opposite. So we had sex on our first day. Yeah. But like we went out and we had quite a few drinks and stuff. And at the time, we both weren't looking for anything serious. Like we met on yeah. Tinder. Surprise, surprise. Yes. Um, and then... Yeah, went on like our first date, ended up having sex that night after a few drinks and whatever. And then like we kept seeing each other, but he was just out of like quite a long-term relationship, a couple of months in. And then I had just moved back from Queensland and stuff. So I was just finding my feet and it got to, I think we met in like mid-November. It got to like sort of Jan and things like we'd started seeing each other quite a bit and stuff. And he did the, oh, just so you know, I'm going to Europe. Like I'm planning to go to Europe in June, July. Like, so he was sort of implying, he's like, I'm just want you to know that because I'm not looking for anything serious. And at that point, I'd kind of started catching feels. Like I was at a point where I'm like, I do actually like you now. So like, I need to know. And I was like, but I was okay to cut it off. Mm. And I said, okay, that's fine. And then, so it was almost like, I guess we'd finished it a little bit. Like I was upset the next day, but I was like, it is what it is. And then he kept just like messaging me and stuff. And it got to like three or four days later and I had sort of not really given him anything. And he was like, oh, do you want to catch up? And I had to have the conversation with him. I'm like, you can't fucking have your cake and eat it too, mate. Like I had that conversation and I was like, you're either in or out, like none of this half-ass stuff. And I'm like, you're going to Europe, like that's fine. And then he was like, no, I can't let you go. And then like, it was just... Yeah. And how long have you guys there. been together now? Um, five years in Feb. Yeah. Yeah. I and he's my guys. human. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. You guys are the best. And anyone who doesn't know, you guys are engaged and planning yes. a wedding and like yes. doing all the things. Yes. It's very exciting now. Oh my gosh. This makes me so happy. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the first ep mm-hmm. of Spill the Tea. There was, was good. There was some tea spilled today. Yeah. And I'm excited for the next one. Yeah. So the next ep, we will be throwing the question topics out to everyone else and I'll be reading out some of the responses yeah um and I think it'll just be you won't have heard them I'll yep. just give you the tea yeah and, and then, then we'll let me combo. know yeah yep. amazing well make sure you tune into next week's episode um and I will see you guys soon bye